Hi, it's Lily again. I was working on session 15 the whole time, and I didn't realize that there was another recording. He must have done it right after he saw that he had gotten cut off. I think the oreograph interfered with the phone or something, because it seems like that's when it started breaking up and finally cut out. I probably would have posted them together if I'd known. If you're just joining us, I don't know what to say except start from the beginning. This isn't your typical podcast. My name is Lily McHale. I was volunteering in the psych unit at Jefferson when I met a patient there named Mr. Doe, which isn't his real name because he doesn't remember it. I can't say I really understand what's going on, but I wanted to help. He was kind and smart and seemed like he wasn't getting the help he needed, and I thought someone out there might be able to help him. I set this up so he can connect with the world. His recordings automatically upload to my Dropbox, and then I add music and make it sound like a real podcast. And while I'm really excited, the point is that he needs help. His memory is messed up, and someone out there knows him. If you know anything that could help, please email me at lilymikhail at gmail.com. Are you there? I don't know what happened. I thought I was recording the whole time. I wanted to show Alex and Hazel. It really was just so incredible. This light, this aurea was just exuding from my skin like it was coming from inside me, from my pores, moving and swirling in and out of me, exchanging with this cloud of light that just hovered around me. Sometimes it would start to spread out beyond a couple of feet like a cloud, like tentacles of light reaching out, but then it would pull back. When I moved, it moved with me. And when I ran down the stairs, it stayed with me. When I popped that alley door open into the fresh air, I thought I had lost it, but it was just harder to see because of the daylight. When I was in the alley, things got even odder. The light, the aurea, it held tighter to me. Like it knew that I was out in the world now. It was weird that I could somewhat control it, pushing it out to grow the cloud of light or or pulling it in close, tighter. It got denser when it would contract, but I noticed faint tendrils of light coming from further away and joining with mine. They would swirl and blend together, but since they were more red, they contrasted my yellowish-orange, so it was easy to distinguish the red ones. I followed the thin branches of light down the alley, figuring they were trying to show me something. When I had gone about 30 feet, they had grown wider, but were still this faint crimson color, and on the other side of a dumpster, there was a homeless man sleeping. His body was all lit up like mine, in this little cloud of light while he was sleeping, but it was faint and red. It seemed like I was pulling it away from him. I could feel it. The more his light swirled into mine, the more I could feel his aurea, but not physically feel it, sort of emotionally feel it. 
It reminded me of when the woman touched my hand at the coffee shop that day. Except this was shallow and empty. His red aurea seemed to be weaker, more superficial. So I pushed some of my aurea toward the old man. It swirled into his and immediately lightened the color to the orangish red color, like paint in a can would. It wasn't as faint either. The light it was thicker now, more opaque. It ebbed and flowed in and out of him with its new vermilion hue. He awoke with a gasp. <laughs> it startled me. I think I had forgotten that it was actually a person lying there. My instinct was to apologize. I mean, I, I didn't really know what I had done or what it felt like to him, but... His faint smile formed on his face, and he muttered, Thank you. But then he just turned over and went back to sleep like he was in a dream. I wonder if he has any idea what happened. The jolt of him waking up caused the Oria to flash almost, surge slightly because of his consciousness, I guess, and then return to its subtle cloud in the air around me. But whatever it was caused the oreograph to conk out on me. When it was gone, I was left standing in the street, talking to you without actually realizing that you weren't there anymore, and sitting there next to a homeless man. Suddenly, I felt really alone. Empty and cold, just like the alley with its crumbling brick and smelly dumpster. So, I came back up here. No point in finding them now, it'll only give them another reason to think I'm crazy. Alex and Hazel. I'm not sure how it happened. I guess I didn't even realize it until right now that... It's kind of become them versus me. Last time, I'm sure you remember, I left in a panic after reading that, and I know it sounds stupid, that Hazel is dangerous. I had read it on her file on the 287-3266 directory. I freaked out and I ran after them only to find them enjoying some sandwiches at a nearby cafe. Everyone perfectly fine, of course. So I pulled Alex aside and I explained what I had found and read and Hazel's file and the fact that in very clear print it says that she was rejected with the explanation, too dangerous. But she just blew me off. Within a couple of minutes, she had told Hazel, and while Hazel seemed genuinely confused at the whole thing, it didn't take long for the two of them to start laughing at me and my paranoia. It seems stupid, I agree. Since then, though, I go back and forth between being paranoid and skeptical of Hazel and skeptical of myself. What in the world I was thinking? Other than what was written on her file, Hazel's the sweetest, most kind-hearted girl I've ever met. I mean, she's quintessential innocence. Grateful for every day, every moment outside of that institution, free from the prison of the meds they had her on. It's exactly as I had thought before I broke her out. 
So what's my problem? Damn, that file is really messing with me, and I wish I could just forget I had ever read that. Meanwhile, Hazel and Alex are like two peas in a pod. I wouldn't have guessed it due to Alex's occasionally cold, blunt personality, but she's taken quite a motherly role with Hazel, helping her to get readjusted to the world. And Alex got her some clothes, talks about the future, about schools and possible adoption. She thinks we saved her. I mean, she sounds exactly like what I sounded like before I broke her out. Alex's theory is that Hazel must have been through some traumatic situation, maybe abusive or something like that, and her comatose state was a form of PTSD combined with all the drugs that the doctors had overreacted with. She thinks that all Hazel really needed was time to heal while being supported with love and friendship. She got all that from a week or two with her, and it's done weird things to our relationship as well. I mean, we got so close so fast, and then I freaked out about my wife. I mean, the, the professor fling was bad enough, but that was fleeting. This was becoming... more. Alex is... Smart, fun, and a good listener, and pretty. Adorable, really. She does this thing where when she's reading at a table, her hair falls over half of her face, as if she's trying to hide while she concentrates. And I'll, I'll walk by and I'll tuck it behind her ear, and she looks up without moving her head, just her eyes, and they're big and wide and innocent and playful and it's hard not to kiss her. But then as if setting off an alarm, reminding me of my loyalties and my mission, the image, the memory of my wife comes rushing back. The same one as always. She's standing on a dock over the lake, looking at me, smiling. The fog is raising over the water. She's staring at me, but nothing moves. Nothing except her hair. Long, curly, golden hair, blowing gently in the breeze. And I miss her. I can feel the love that I had, or have, that I had. And now with Hazel. When I brought her home, I thought Alex was done with me. She almost kicked me out for that little stunt bringing Hazel here. My crazy had crossed a line, and I get that, but now... Alex is sure that we saved Hazel. I don't know if she believes me about Orion and the Eidolon and if Hazel or I were really being held against our wills, but Alex thinks it was probably just a misdiagnosis or a result of some incident of bad behavior from Hazel, but 
be a child that was abandoned and never shown love could lead to anything. And she thanks me almost daily for bringing Hazel into our lives. It brought us, all of us, closer. Almost like a family. Meanwhile, Hazel seems to get more and more normal, while I seem to fall deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole, and it scares Alex. I get that, it scares me. Hazel doesn't worry about the gaps in her memory. She doesn't care. She might even be happy they're there. No, they're blocking out whatever darkness was there, making room for the new, the first day of the rest of her life and all that. I wish I could be there too, in that place, and just not care. Just look at the path forward, the life in front of me, but... What if I did? Could this be it? A happy family of the three of us? We'll all just keep playing house? But how do I do that? When I'd have to just let my wife's murderers walk free forever. And I still don't even remember her name. Or my own, for that matter. No. I can't. I'm not ready to let it go yet. I know the answers are out there. This wasn't dumb, unfortunate luck or random violence. This is something bigger than me. Something I play a part in. A crucial part. I know that much. I feel like I can still get there. So I'm not going to give up until there's nothing left. Nothing unturned or unexplored or unanswered. And it starts with this little fucker. I got him to work earlier so I can do it again. completely burnt out again. What the fuck? What did I do wrong? What did I miss? <sighs> the key to getting this thing working, the key to a lot of my successes actually, have been that website. Orionisreal.com The work people have been doing on the technology would have been hard to find otherwise. Especially because... As the author of the website suggests, no one actually uses the word Aurea. Everyone writes all these different articles and pages and... They all seem to call it something slightly different without connecting the dots to one another. Chi, life force, uh, biophoton field fluctuations. But no one uses the word Aurea. Here, look at this one quote he takes from an article. It says... The properties of such a field could be based on electromagnetic fields, coherent states, biophotons, quantum and quantum-like processes, and ultimately, the quantum vacuum. That's from a real, recognized, peer-reviewed medical journal called Global Advances in Health and Medicine, and it's written by PhD scientists at real universities. Deepak Chopra is on his list on his website. I looked into it. I mean, I'm trying to be a skeptic, but this stuff posted is real stuff. You can search and find them on PubMed, which apparently is the database for medical science because it goes through the National Institute of Health. 
I wonder if they had put Aria in the title or in the paper, if it would have been edited out or removed from publication somehow. Did the Eidolon have that much reach? I mean, I'm sure they do, but... Anyway, it all led me eventually to some patent documents and more engineering work, which led me to eventually fixing, well, I guess not totally fixing this oreograph. How has this site lasted, though? It plainly states the concepts of Aurea and the hidden city of Orion. Has it just been under the radar? I mean, it doesn't seem like it gets that much activity, but what do I know? The part I don't understand. I wish I could talk to whoever is running the site. They could probably help me more than anyone. They have a contact email at the bottom, and I've emailed a couple of times, but never gotten a reply. Have you tried? Did you have any luck? I wonder if I can find out. So the internet is supposed to be like an open book about all this kind of shit, right? I mean, if you just know where to look. So, let's find out who owns the domain. Okay, to find the domain name, owner information, there are a few very simple and easy steps. Simple and easy, I can handle that. So, to check the domain name, registrant information, simply visit a website such as whois.net. Okay, let's click that. All right, enter the domain name, Israel.com. This better not be blocked or something. Oh, oh no, oh shit, here it is. Wild West Domains LLC, what the fuck is that? Ugh. All right, this website is not helpful. What were some of the other ones? When I searched for find who owns a domain, there were a whole bunch of good options, so here. Oh. I can who is. Alright, here it is. Wait. What? Alfred? Wait, that can't be right. Here, hold on. No. No. No, I, I couldn't. I don't understand how, but there was so much there, the, the, the answers, everything was, what is happening? Did you know? Did you know about this? Lily? How can, wait, slow down. Don't understand. I mean, everything that I had in my head, it was all. Oh my god, I had no idea. Of course I would have said something if I knew. Mr. Toe, I had no idea. I don't understand either, but there has to be a good explanation, right? What does this mean? What about your wife and the oreograph? Was that all just in his head? 
Ah, I feel like this made us come full circle. I thought the days of questioning if this was a delusion were over. I never know when he's going to record again, but I set it up so you can subscribe to get it whenever he does. Also, please help us spread the word on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with the hashtag unerasable. If you feel inspired to write a review, that'd be really great. It may not exactly help Mr. Doe, but it'll keep me inspired. I'm trying my best to make it sound like a real podcast and keep everybody interested. And as always, if you know anything that might help, email me at lilymchale at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website now too at unerasable.com. Thanks. See you next time.